This is the, uh, for a while now, absent Mike No here at uh, Campus Comics. Uh, Scott and Dan are coming in today um, to do another podcast, and I haven't been in on the, the last few of them as they've recorded them, as, along with Matt Martin. Uh, and I appreciate you guys carrying that on, Scott. Scott's here recording me here, so I appreciate them doing that. I just wanted to make a little statement here, you know, First off, just thanking everybody for the support of the stores. You know, you may know or may not, I have had some health issues, you know, in early April, and I am, you know, still alive and kicking and recovering, but, you know, I got a little bit of a road ahead of me still, but uh, hopefully, you know, it'll be settling down a little bit more. And uh, like I said, I want to thank everybody. Um, the store has survived and had done well. Um, in my absence uh, and with that I you know just I owe a debt that I can't repay to people like uh, you know Dan Brown Matt Martin you know Scott's done his part here as well and I just really appreciate that as well as the the customers that have just continued to come in and support the store that means more can I than I can even begin to express uh, so thank you and that's greatly appreciated um, I'm very, very fortunate um, to be in the position I'm in and, like I said, to uh, be able to be in this business that I love and have a job that I, that I enjoy so much and that it's worked out so well, you know, because if I had a regular 9-to-5 job, you know, by this time I would be out of vacation benefit time and everything else and just to have people step up and help out and volunteer their time and their energies and everything I just it's very humbling humbling however you want to say that <laughs> but uh, like I said I can you know just can't thank those people enough and now uh, my daughter Sarah came in and you know spent over a month you know put her life on hold to come help me out and keep the store going and now she's gone back home and uh, I've got some great customers that are you know helping out here I'm getting people lined out so um, the erratic store hours that you've all been so tolerant about, you know, in the last few weeks, hopefully we're going to get those settled down, get more back into a routine. We'll continue to post those on Facebook and Twitter to let everybody know what's going on, but we're trying to, you know, get that to just be more, you know, steady and be here more. So, again, thanks to Dan Brown. He's here on Saturdays, you know, every week. Um, I'm being able to be in the store more and more, being able to check people out a little bit more and more, but just having some great customers and friends step up, you know, appreciate Jeff Dixon, what he's done, like previously mentioned, Matt Martin, what he's done to help, you know, as always, um, Mickey LeVan's covering Wednesdays for me, today's actually his first day here covering for us, so thank you, Mickey, Dave Taylor's going to be covering on 
Thursdays. And these days, I'll, I will be here, too. So if there's anybody that wants to stop in and say hi, I'd love to, to see you. But, um, you know, I'm just at the point where I'm not comfortable yet being in the store by myself. And my wife's not quite comfortable with that either. So, she, you know, so we may still have to close a day or two there because I don't have anybody to be here with me. But hopefully as time moves on, you know, that'll be less and less. So just stay tuned to the social media outlets that... Uh, we mentioned, you know, Facebook and Twitter and, uh, you know, just to stay up with what's going on with the shop. But again, um, on top of the thanks for just supporting the store regular day to day, I just want to thank everybody that showed up for a free comic book day. It was a phenomenal day that shattered all expectations. So, I mean, it was a great day. I think everybody had a good time and people showed up. So just thanks everybody for setting a new bar for that event, you know, so... We hope to, we look forward to many more, and that's my intent here. You know, I'm not giving up that easy, and intend to to stay around. So I just wanted to take a little time before the next what episode is it going to be? 43rd, 45, 45. Episode 45 is what's on deck. Okay, so it's going to be recorded after this, but I just wanted to take a few minutes, and Scott came in to allow me to do that, and I just want to thank everybody from the bottom of my heart and. I, like I said, I just words can't express, and I owe a debt to everybody I can't repay. So thanks, everybody, and we'll be talking to you soon. Okay, and thanks uh, for listening to this new episode of the Campus Comics Cast. This is Dan Brown and Scott Reed, and it's just us tonight um, for this installment. We are coming to you from Campus Comics, located at 816 Sweet B East Main Street in Carbondale. Phone number 618-457-6011. And, of course, you can always follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Uh, we're going to be kind of doing a roundup of a few random things we haven't been able to get to yet on the podcast. Uh, and just, you know, schedules and different crazy stuff that's been going on around the store, you know, as people probably know about now. Uh, but we wanted to try to get another bonus episode in for everybody. And so, you know, with schedules and everything, it's just me and Scott here this time. But we're going to talk about a few things we've been trying to get to for a little while now. So we uh, want to talk about Shazam, the movie, some. And we'll probably talk about Avengers Endgame, finally. And uh, something we kind of been, should have been <laughs> got to before now is the Detective of Comics 1000. Yep. So we're going to start off tonight on this episode talking about uh, Shazam. So, uh, Scott, what, do you, what were your thoughts? I was overall pretty pretty pleased with it. Mm-hmm. I, obviously, I liked it way better than Aquaman, so mm-hmm. I'll get my dig in at Aquaman again right. one more time. Um, it was, uh, it, it was, yeah, it was, it was, it was good. Um, it kind of fell into the same issue that like a lot of Marvels movie have, where mm-hmm. they where the hero fights the villain with similar power set, right? You know, so it kind of did that, you know, and really kind of changed Savannah a lot from the comics, which I can understand people being upset about. Um, but for me, not, I don't have a whole lot invested in Shazam, mm. and I have to keep watching myself. I'll keep wanting to say Captain Marvel. Oh, oh yeah, for yeah. sure. <laughs> but, but overall, it was I, I enjoyed it. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, I thought it was really good. I think it's pro- overall, I think it's the best of these new crop of DC movies we've gotten, sort of post Dark Knight. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think just as a whole movie, I think it just flowed really well. It felt like it knew what it wanted to be, mm-hmm. and it didn't feel bogged down by trying to tie into anything else. Yep, yep. You know what I mean? Um, I feel like, you know, this isn't a dark, moody movie, and it shouldn't be. No, you know, no. it's it's superhero big, basically, yeah. you know, and there's a couple references in there, too big. Mm-hmm. Yeah, some deliberate know? references so, yeah, exactly. in there. So, I mean, he's he's the big red cheese for a reason. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, I thought it was really well done. Uh, I was kind of, 
kind of been apprehensive about it because mm-hmm. I wasn't sure how they were going to pull this off. You know, there's the whole he says Shazam, yes, you turn into <laughs> Shazam, which is his name. So mm-hmm. how do they handle that? They don't really address it in the movie they kind of gloss over it yeah i mean we talked about that or you talked about that in the last episode where yeah. mary marvel is now mary shazam yeah, yeah. which is kind of silly to, yeah but, uh, according to the preview solicits <laughs> but yeah and they kind of you know again spoilers yeah if you've been listening spoilers spoilers spoilers, spoilers for this um so yeah if you're familiar with the new 52 version of the character this kind of takes a lot from that with savannah mm-hmm. especially um where he has sort of uh he's going after the magic powers too that shazam has um, we didn't get a whole lot with the wizard. No. And no. it just sort of, I don't know, we get this backstory of he's been trying to find a new champion right. for decades. And just it sort of seems like he's just randomly selecting people. <laughs> you know, and they finally get to Billy after how, 40 years, how maybe, was or at longer. least. Yeah, yeah. Because that's how Savannah comes into the story, mm-hmm. is you know, he's considered when he's a child. And it just, it feels... I don't. Know, it feels. I don't feel like they thought about the wizard's story enough, and no. it. You know what I mean. Again, it doesn't detract from Billy's story, but it's a little kind of weird. It's like the one thing. It's like why didn't you spend a little more time on that, or kind of come up with some better logic for that? Yeah, I feel like at the end when they they chose Billy just because he was the only guy left. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and that's thing, and it doesn't make your hero feel special. No, uh-uh, you no. know, it's not like like Green Lantern. The ring chooses you. Right. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. you're a unique thing, even though you're part of this army. You know what I mean? <laughs> but like. With Shazam, it just felt random. Yep. But I thought it was really well done. I, you know, what I was apprehensive about didn't come to pass with the movie. Uh, I, it didn't feel. Well, most of these movies, you feel like there's too many cooks in the kitchen. I don't feel like that was the case here. Yep. You know, um, and of course we get the big reveal at the end where all the other foster children. Yes. And that was a surprise for me. Yeah. I really was not expecting to introduce the Marvel family. In the first movie, yeah. or it might have been a post, you know, a post-credit scene or something like that. I didn't expect them to say, "Oh, let's just go ahead and throw yeah. another six in there with him." And I, you know, I was wondering if they were going to do that because they've kind of been pushing that since Jeff Johns has kind of been mm-hmm. involved with Shazam, and uh, there were some toys that were released of the characters. But it's like, is this story? Because movie toys aren't always the no, most accurate, uh, right. you know what I mean? <laughs> Batman never had a helicopter in those Dark Knight movies, but they kept releasing that thing. Like Heroclix released you know. uh, Scrolls whenever the first Avengers movie yeah, exactly. came out, you know, yeah. so yeah. <laughs> so you never, you gotta take that stuff with a grain of salt, you know, as far as merchandising and everything. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I thought it was really well done. I liked it. I liked the other kids, too, you know. It didn't, I mean, it always feels a little, like, money grab when they introduce a lot of characters like that, right. you know, as far as merchandising and everything goes in a movie, you know, in a modern superhero movie, that's kind of what you get. But, yeah, it felt really well done. Um, well, I, I know a lot of people, I, some of the complaints that I read from people online was the fact that they were playing it as a superhero big. Whereas, right. I guess, the original incarnation of Shazam, it wasn't, or Captain Marvel, it wasn't right. superhero big. It no. was two distinct personalities. Exactly. You know, and some people are upset about it. It's like, oh, you get that, that's not my captain marvel is not my shazam yeah but that brings up some weird issues with a mm-hmm. kid in our modern climate you yeah. know what i mean you can do that in the 40s <laughs> i don't think that would play as well in 2019 yeah. especially with just the cultural permeance of the big movie the tom hanks movie mm-hmm. you know what i mean people kind of it's kind of a shorthand at this point people i think get on board a little quicker yeah. because then you've got a whole thing of like i don't know more sort of like captain the marvel captain marvel rick jones Right. Like, where does Billy go yeah. <laughs> when he becomes Shazam? You know, that brings up some weird questions, mm-hmm. you know, and, you know, could be some odd things there you have to explain. Mm-hmm. 
And like, where's Shazam when Billy's here? You exactly. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I mean I understand it. So yeah. it almost makes it almost makes more sense this way. But yeah, I just know that's some of the complaints that I was hearing about, right. the, about the movie. So I did really really like the interaction between Billy and Freddy. I think mm-hmm. more. I think that kind of to me kind of carried the movie a little bit. Yeah. I like those two I, characters. I really I really like Freddy. Yeah, in this too, mm-hmm. I thought he was really well done. Um, I liked how in sort of the modern Jeff Johns Shazam. Like the new 52 story especially, Billy was really kind of a jerk when the short story starts out. And he becomes a nicer kid over the course of it. But I'm glad they didn't go as hard into that in the movie as they could have. Um, I wasn't crazy about the story with his parents and all that and how that evolved. But over the course of the movie, it's like, okay, that's it's a little easier to take. Yeah. You know, I really sort of prefer the uh, like the Jerry Ordway Power of Sam origin story. Whereas his uh, parents are archaeologists and get mm-hmm. lost, and Billy's dad looks suspiciously a lot like Captain Marvel, <laughs> which would just mean that when Billy grows up, he will look like Captain Marvel, like Shazam. It's just an older him is kind of what you're getting with Shazam, which they kind of played up in Kingdom Come back in the day, right. where you have an adult Billy who everyone just thinks is Captain Marvel. <laughs> but uh, I like there's a lot of fun Easter eggs. Oh yeah, like the big one was at the very beginning. You get uh, the you get the little glass dome with the worm inside yeah. of it, and then like halfway through the movie, the the glass is you know broken. Yeah, and, then, and I thought, oh that's really cool, mm-hmm. but I'm like they're not gonna do Mr. Mind. No, like, that's such a cool <laughs> throwaway thing. That's neat. Yeah. But then at the end, spoilers, uh, yeah. Mr. Mind is talking to. Savannah in his mm-hmm. cell, yeah, and I was like, "Oh, that's amazing!" Who knows? So, who knows? They'll actually do it. I know, but, but it's so cool still, that we yeah. got a live, well, live action, it's quote unquote, Mr. Mr. Mind yeah. in a movie. <laughs> you know, um, and then I guess the other, the other post credit scene. So, there's, if you haven't seen this movie yet, uh, just know that there are two, you know, credits, post credit scenes, and then the other one is where they're, you know, the joke, an Aquaman joke about, you know they're trying to figure out if he has fish powers or not to right. communicate with with animals you know so <laughs> which was kind of that was kind of humorous so. so do we want to talk about the awkward superman scene at the end oh gosh <laughs> in the lunchroom yeah well yeah that's i guess that's what cavill would have been in if right. there wasn't some disagreement or if he had time to schedule it or not yeah I, mean, I guess we still don't know officially if he's in or out yeah i mean the story i heard was they wanted him to come make that cameo he had scheduling issues where he couldn't make it i think maybe because it might be because of the Witcher show on Netflix. I'm not 100% yeah. on that. Don't quote me on that, but I believe that's what I heard at the time. Um, so we get this sort of truncated shot, like Peanuts style, mm-hmm. from the kid's point of view, where Superman comes on the screen from the neck down. Yeah, yep. So, I don't know. I just feel like if you can't get Cavill, why couldn't we get one of these other characters? Mm-hmm. Why, You know, the kids, like Freddy's really into Aquaman. Why not just have Jason Momoa mm-hmm. show up? Everybody loves Aquaman right now. Wonder Woman's done filming. Get, yeah, get, exactly. Get about to come in, you know, anything like that. But yep, still would have been super cool, mm-hmm. and a, kind of a nice, sort of easy way to tie in Shazam so, to your mm-hmm. DC universe if you want to do that. Yeah. Um, it just felt a little awkward. I don't yeah. know. And again, like they got rid of his mustache, they can't just do some face replacement, <laughs> get a stand in, yeah. and throw Cavill's face on it. Yeah, or just, I don't know. Uh, just take some footage from one of the other movies and just yeah. unused footage from one of the other movies yeah, and just exactly. splice it in there or whatever. You know, it wouldn't take a whole lot. So yeah, <laughs> like uh, they did with you know uh, Natalie Portman in Endgame. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, overall, I thought it was really well done. Uh, I'm looking forward to the next one well, uh, if there is a next one. Yeah. So. Uh, I, I don't remember how this one did at the box office. I mean, it won a few weekends. Yeah, you know, I, in think a row. It, I think it did. What well two? Enough. I think it won two weekends, and then it, did, it, did it win until oh, Endgame came out? Because it came I out. I don't think. I don't think so. But again, had we been recording this earlier, it'd be we, fresher yeah. in my mind. Mm-hmm. 
but yeah, it was, it was worth seeing. I really liked it. Um, yeah, no, just, I, I graded it a very fine minus. Oh, I will. I want to bring this up okay. real quick too. Uh, <laughs> as far as how much money this movie made, uh, Zachary Levi, the star, mentioned that each suit cost a million dollars. The suit lights up like that's not a CG effect. There's practical lighting built into his Shazam outfit. Wow! And they had the battery pack behind the cape. He said, but they he said they made ten suits and each one cost a million dollars. For comparison. Wow. <laughs> ben Affleck's Batman suit, Cavill's Superman suit, those are about 100000 each to make, wow. to produce those. That even still seems like a lot. It is. Yeah. But again, ten times that mm-hmm. for each suit. They spent $10 million just on his suit. And it's like, I think it looks good. Mm-hmm. Does it look a million dollars? Does it look like a million bucks, Scott? <laughs> I don't know. I, yeah, I, I don't, don't know. know. But it's just like, I mean, if they've got the money, good for them. Yeah. But I feel like, you know, for the movie, you're maybe not 100% sold on. Was that the best financial decision to make? <laughs> you know, so... I, I had not heard that. Yeah, so, uh, and I just, I couldn't believe that when I heard that. I'm like, I, like it looks good. I don't think it's a million dollars. No, good, no. I think somebody made yeah. a couple of bucks making those suits. For oh, them, for so. sure. <laughs> and again, I don't know what all, you know, technology is in there to make it light up that way. You know, but I can't imagine it's that no. crazy. Uh-uh. I'm sure it was a custom thing for the suit. You know, but yeah. Yeah, no, as far as grading it go, I'll, I'll uh, give it a near mint. I really enjoyed it. I think just as an overall piece, it's really well-rounded. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, they accomplished what they set out to. You know, I think it's a good story. Again, I think it's the best of these new DC movies. You know, the sort of Snyderverse or whatever we're going to call it now. <laughs> well, don't don't uh, diss the Snyderverse. I, yeah. I still like the Snyderverse. Right. So. <laughs> but, like, yeah. I don't think there's too much to poke holes in here no, as far no. as this goes. And, uh... It takes place at Christmas, yeah. So this might be my new Christmas movie. I, I don't really have <laughs> so like you're a place Die Hard. Yeah, see that's the thing. I'm not really on that boat. I don't have a good. Uh, I don't have a good Christmas movie to watch like that. So that might be Shazam now. Okay. As far as that goes, might be a new tradition for me. Uh, is there anything else you wanted to? Uh, no, say I think that covers it. Yeah, I think it covers it. it for me. So yeah. Okay. So oh, and I can't remember who it was now, but somebody online mentioned we've gotten two Captain Marvel movies now where they don't say Captain Marvel in yeah. them. <laughs> you know. Yep. Yep. And uh, and again, it's not the first time there's been a Shazam movie either. There's the old Adventures of Captain Marvel serials from the 40s, which mm-hmm. are actually really good. If you want to check out some movie serials, that's a good one to watch. That's actually pretty solid for you know an old school serial and still holds up decently. Uh, so moving on from that, want to talk about Avengers Endgame? Yeah, sure, might as well. So, <laughs> so 11 years. I guess leading I guess, up to this, yeah. right? This mm-hmm. is what they started. This is what they set out to do with Iron Man back in two thousand eight, mm-hmm. right? Yep. Twenty one, twenty. How many? Twenty two. Twenty two. Twenty two movies. Twenty two movies. I think. Man. Yeah, it's a it's a big deal, and I, it didn't it didn't let me down. That's for no. sure. So, yeah, I, I uh, you know, it's kind of hard to go into any movie with expectations, you know. And after Infinity right. War, there was pretty high expectations. Oh, for sure. Set. Now, my, I had somebody tell, well, Mike, actually I was talking to Mike before we started recording, and he said, like, I had given the only negative comment that he had heard about in-game, and that was, it's not quite as good as Infinity War, so I guess if that's its one big negative. <laughs> I, I've heard I've heard some other people say that, too. I don't feel that way, but um, I have heard others say that. That, well, that was like my as good as Infinity War. I, I feel like the, we, I feel like it was more, it's kind of like an Empire Strikes Back type of a thing, where you kind of, you kind of end on a, I know you really don't know what's going to happen next type right. of a situation like we had in Empire Strikes Back, um, and then while this didn't, well, Endgame didn't let me down. I just right. I was 
this, I can't, can't see you were expecting more, but I was expecting something a little bit different and didn't quite get that. I expected mm-hmm. to have more of a, an impact, I guess, moving forward on some of the films than, than what it actually I feel like had. I feel like there's going to be some fallout from this well, film. Yeah. You know. But uh, it, just wasn't, it wasn't quite what I expected. I guess, I guess, just to flat out say it, I actually expected more of the main characters to die. Yeah, I you was kind of thinking that too. You know, the really, really, for as you know, big of an event as this was, the body count was actually, especially on the good guy side, was actually pretty low. Well, especially when you are dealing with negatives. Yeah, as far as body count <laughs> yeah. goes, yeah, you got uh, definitely a lower body count from Infinity War because mm-hmm. half yeah. half of half the universe comes back to life. Yeah. In this movie, yes. <laughs> so. Yeah, spoiler there. Yeah, <laughs> I guess probably the the first thing that really really surprised me. And it's nice to go into this movie and actually be surprised. Mm-hmm. You know, that's one of the complaints I had. Like against, you know, again, gosh, I keep bringing up Aquaman. I need to get off this. But uh, <laughs> there was like I had zero surprises watching Aquaman. Right. So watching Endgame and like one of the first things that well, not one of the first things, but early on, early on, one I didn't expect him to you know kill Thanos no. right there in the first yeah. few minutes of the movie. No it's way. Like, Holy smokes! And then we get the five years later and right. i'm like okay did not expect that to happen either yeah. so you know i thought it was really was going to be a matter of just a few days that this story is going to take place after uh, infinity right. war and and that was a big surprise for me right so. yeah now i wasn't expecting the five-year jump i think i don't know how well that was thought out as far as going <laughs> forward with these movies yeah i feel yeah. like that could definitely you know and again this is coming from the comic book world where you have continuity obsessed fans mm-hmm these movies have a pretty big following now. Yes. Is that going to translate to these movies too, where now it's like, I don't think everything was kind of thought out ahead of time with that five-year jump. Mm-hmm. I think we kind of had a similar thing with DC in the comics with the new 52 where they did that. Right. Because now it's like, so we're um, far from home. The yes. next Spider-Man mm-hmm. film yeah. is coming out in July. So we're all him, him and all his friends snapped out at the same time. Because yep. they're all still in high school. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's, you know, that's so weird. some of his friends who survived should be in college by now or moved on with their lives. Or just maybe the maybe the ones that were in the movies, his buddies are the ones yeah. that didn't. Yeah. You know, they were snapped out, so they're going, all going back to high school. Yeah. So I, it is kind of so weird. Yeah, there, there's a lot of practical things that, yeah. <laughs> you know, you're probably not going to, probably are not going to be addressed in these movies. Yeah. I, I guess, I mean, they're not going to start that in 2023 or 2024, which yeah. is when it would be if, you know, assuming exactly. that yeah, Infinity War took place in 2018. Right. You know, um, then yeah, there's, there's no telling there. So I. I, and again, I don't think it's that big of a deal, no. but it's just something I feel like you kind of have to watch now when you're making these movies, mm-hmm. and like, why hinder yourself that way? Yeah. You know what I mean? You gotta watch the continuity. Yeah. That, so, yeah. Especially when you have all these movies that are interconnected. You have this so many spinning plates, you know, <laughs> and then it's like, you know, they're doing another Captain Marvel movie, mm-hmm. so then it's like, <laughs> so she's been gone for 30 years, like, what, five more years? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yep. Uh, so yeah, just weird kind of things like that. I, I guess you know. Well, one thing for me about this is you know, when you think about who the real hero of this movie actually is, mm-hmm. it's the rat. Right? Oh yeah, yeah. Because yeah, <laughs> nothing, nothing would have happened if this rat hadn't just randomly brought right. Scott Lang back. You know, they would still be living with half the population gone. So I guess right. maybe Vermin will be a big villain moving forward. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> Maybe he'll show up in the Spider-Man movie. Only if we get a Death of Craven movie. (laughs) So, Um, I think, like, my biggest surprise in the movie was the death of Black Widow. 
Yeah, I wasn't expecting that. Whenever, because I mean, she, there's another movie coming. There's a Black Widow movie. Yeah. That's that, yeah. Again, so, again, part of the reason I thought she wouldn't die exactly. Movie. Yeah. So and so, I guess we're getting a prequel movie. Is what we're going to get right. out of her, which I you know I hadn't heard anything about it being a prequel. Right. So that whole scene was I a big can, shock. I think it could still be pretty good though. Too. Oh, yeah. Way. No, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I'll. It'd be nice to either see her origin story. You know. But, yeah. You know that would be good, or just even a good spy. You know. Yeah, just a standalone thing mm-hmm. is fine with her. You know, you could really do that. I've. Will be a surprise if they don't adapt the uh, Mark Wade Chris Somney run from a few years ago that was really good mm-hmm. and just sort of a twelve issue standalone story. Yeah, uh, that kind of deals with her origin some too mm-hmm. and stuff like that. That seems like a no brainer. Yeah, uh, but yeah, her and Gamora, I thought for sure, you know, by the end of this, oh, they'll be back. Yeah, and uh, they're not. No, yeah, <laughs> you know. Um, so uh, now, obviously, I'm a Captain America fan. Mm-hmm. So I was super excited about the whole Captain America storyline. Mm-hmm. When I watched the first Avengers, I had three complaints about the first Avengers mm-hmm. movie. One was that I thought there should have been a plaque or something in there that said Hank and Janet Pym. You know, oh, yeah. I thought that should have been in the movie. And then I thought in the scene where Cap, Iron Man, and Thor meet, and he does mm-hmm. Thor does the whole clang the clang off the, his shield mm-hmm. i really felt like cap should have picked up the hammer and oh it back man to, to I'm, right, I'm right there with you you know and so like and not even make a big deal no out and just you not even I mean? know that it's yeah a big deal. like maybe like maybe thor reacts but nobody nobody else questions yeah. it mm-hmm. yeah just i was hands it hands i was it to totally him. with that yeah i was totally waiting for that back then and then cap was supposed to get his dance with peggy you know those, right. those were the three things that yeah. i thought if this if they would have done that in avengers it would have been a perfect movie right so but so now moving forward in game <laughs> i get two out of three of those things right you know, and of course they've brought you know hank and janet Pym back in now right. so do but, we ever get a shot with the original team in it because i was trying to figure that out as i was watching it um, because we have everybody now we have the original avengers team as it premiered in the comic books gosh I and i was trying to think no because i mean because hank Pym is just kind of in it well, I was, I was kind of thinking of, like, just Ant-Man in general. Like, okay. it would be Scott Lang. I don't remember. But, yeah. I don't remember unless whenever, it's at one point whenever they're going back in time, you know, yeah. they're they're all kind of together. But they're right. all in their yeah. costumes right. at that point. Yeah. So, but I, that would have been something cool just to kind of throw away yes. Easter egg thing to put in there. You put them in the poses from Avengers 1 or, or something, something like that. Or just yeah. have, the team to yeah. have that version of the team together <laughs> for a mission or something. Um, of course, so I got you know I got those moments, so uh, that was super excited. And then of course, I think you know maybe I don't know. This is kind of tough. You know the whole thing where Cap finally gets to pick up the hammer and uses right. it. Oh man, I, I went totally fanboy in the theater. Oh, I did. Too. I did too. Yeah, um, and I've I've never done that in a movie before. Um, but uh, yeah, um, <laughs> like you, I was waiting seven years for yeah, that. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, the other scene though where Cap is walking out by himself to face Thanos and Thanos' army behind mm-hmm. him. And it's like, I, I actually thought, okay, we're gonna, Cap's going to, I thought Cap, well, I thought Cap was going to die in this movie mm-hmm. just because of contract. Right. Things. So. Um, and like, you've already got the other guys who can take up the shield, yeah. you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. They've so kind I, of established I, that. But that scene was just like, those are my two favorite scenes uh, in this movie. They were just, they were just really, really good. So, um, yeah, I just, I just, I just, I'm completely completely geeked out over that movie just because and if i've been fanboy about any movie this is this is the one that maybe it's not as good as i think it is just because of those moments really just kind of push me push me over the top on box office might say otherwise well yeah yeah (laughs) well i'm not a person who thinks that box office makes a good movie so you know um there are a lot of crappy movies that's a lot for sure so um but yeah but again i you know 
I expected a whole lot more, you know, of the you know the original team to actually die. Mm-hmm. And I guess we're going to end up with Thor. I guess is going to be in the next Guardians movie. And, and that's the thing. I thought for sure Chris Hemsworth's gone. Yeah, I'm like it's story wise, it's such an easy mm-hmm. character to kill off and bring back and recast. Mm-hmm. It's you know just an easy thing for you know they're all gods and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. It'd be super easy story wise to do that. Yeah. And I and with his complaints about like I, I guess at, at some point he got bored with the character, which is mm-hmm. why they've started playing him more for laughs. Right. And I'm like. And I—that's that's my number one biggest complaint. I despise what they're doing with Thor. I didn't like him in Thor Ragnarok. I didn't like him in Endgame. Uh, it was good at the beginning, but as soon as they went Big Lebowski with right. Thor, I was just—I was done with that character. Um, and I'm still not a Mark Ruffalo fan on mm-hmm. Hulk. I—I I don't know why. I just don't. He just looks—he looked confused to me all through Ragnarok, and he didn't really get any better here mm-hmm. in Endgame, at least for for my my take on it. What him. were your thoughts on Smart Hulk? You know, it's you know obviously it's from the books, right? You know, so I'm, I'm okay with that part of it, but it was just like it didn't matter. It didn't really impact the story right. one way or another. It's like a throwaway scene, yeah. you know. Um, you know, I mean, any of those scenes where he was doing the you know the gamma test and the time travel testing that could have just been Banner. Didn't have to be right, Professor Hulk, sure. you know. Um, and he didn't really have. I mean, it wasn't like a big brute, you know. There. Right. It kind of was silly when they, you know, of course, the time travel in this one, he goes back to the, you know, the big, you know, big battle in the first Avengers movie. And he's like, you know, he rips off his shirt, like, I'll get gratuitous. And he's kind of silly walking around, right, smashing stuff. And it was just, I just, I don't, I didn't care for the Hulk scenes. I didn't care for the Thor scenes. I feel like, I mean, again, they've been open about this is we're not getting a Hulk movie right now. I've kind of been hoping they would do a small, some version of smart Hulk. Just because we've had several just regular Hulk smash mm-hmm. movies now, let's do something new. You know, how do we reinvigorate the character a little bit? You know, something with a little more dimension. And I just feel like it's it's almost feels like a truncated version of what you should have gotten in a Hulk movie. Mm-hmm. You know, it should be just be its own thing. Uh, again, they're kind of wedging him into other movies now to kind of accommodate that. Uh, I mean, I like Ruffalo fine. Um, I thought overall, just in general, with Endgame, I or yeah, with Endgame, I feel like the CGI is better than it was in Infinity War. <laughs> uh, there weren't any really bad scenes yeah. that kind of stuck out, looked like floating heads or mm-hmm. anything like that that we had with Infinity War. Uh, again, I feel like it's just there was probably a ton of pressure in this production. You know, you have all these years of build up to this movie, <laughs> and I think they knew it. Yep. You know what I mean? So I feel like everybody kind of brought their A game here with this. Um, I did like um, Hawkeye got a nice story arc. I felt like yeah. in this movie, you know, because I mean he's the focus there at the beginning, and then of course we got the Ronan, Ronan stuff, right. and then you know his you know that brief scene where he time travels back, and then of course he gets his family back at the end. So I thought there was a we hadn't really seen a whole lot of Hawkeye. Right. And he just kind of a, and they still never called him Hawkeye. Is, yeah, is he getting a show? Oh, I think he's supposed to be getting a. There's supposed to be a Kate Bishop show, oh, okay. and he's going to be kind of like a mentor. But I've kind of heard that same thing about the Hulk. There's supposed to be like a She-Hulk show, oh, really? where Mark Ruffalo is going to kind of be. I, guess I can't keep up right now with all no. this Marvel stuff they're putting on that Disney app and yeah. different things. And you, you have to wonder if what percentage of this is just, you know, chattered just right. to keep interest going, yeah. you know, and how much of it actually is is actually yeah. going to happen. Um, and I guess because they're supposed to be what a Loki show, yeah. And then, of and course, like the Vision and Scarlet Witch. Vision and Scarlet but Witch. Vision is still gone. Apparently, yes. everyone's fine with that over yeah. the course of Endgame. No one says, "Hey, let's bring back Vision." And there's going to be a Cap Winter Soldier show yeah. as well. So, 
Um, was it is it max max vision or maximum vision is what it's going to be for the the Vision Scarlet Witch show? Oh, I don't. Know. I think that's what I'd like supposed to be called. And oh, really? Yeah. So who knows? I mean, and it's I you know it's good in the sense that it's uh, it's driving the driving the secondary market for a lot of those books right i mean like the professor hulk appearance shot up in value the the secret wars book where hulk's holding up the mountain you know oh, uh, yeah. that shot up in value a little bit you know a random uh, thing yeah well and and uh, the first appearance of beta ray bill tripled in value like practically overnight and i haven't i haven't actually heard anything you know that's going to happen with beta ray bill yeah but his it, it, that book just went hmm. from a 40 50 book to a hundred $120 book and, and literally practically overnight. Yeah. Huh. So it's like, I guess somebody got on and bought all the $40 copies and everything that was left was much right. more valuable than everybody else jacked up their prices mm. when they saw they were selling. Crazy. But yeah, it's it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. I'd love but. to see Beta Ray Bill in a movie. Oh, we kind of got that Easter egg in yeah. Ragnarok, but yeah, and we've got Stormbreaker now. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Um, well, of course, Mjolnir is gone again. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, all we have is, all we right. have is Stormbreaker now. Yeah. So. <laughs> Um. Yeah, you mentioned you know Vision didn't come back. We didn't see any Coulson, and we didn't see any Sif. Yeah, and still. I thought I thought Coulson was supposed to have an appearance. I thought again, I I avoided spoilers. I was mm-hmm. able to because I wasn't able to see it opening weekend. Uh, but yeah, I kept assuming Coulson would show up. Yeah, and I I did too. Now, okay, Weird. and just not talking about Endgame, but there's a new season of Agents of Shield. Started last Friday. Mm-hmm. I'd had no idea. My DVR just automatically recorded oh, yeah. it. So yeah, Dick Coulson's back there. But yeah. uh, <laughs> spoiler for Agents of Shield. Sorry, we didn't uh, say right. we we're going to spoil Agents of Shield. Right. But uh, yeah. But anyway, getting back to Endgame. <laughs> um, so yeah, those three characters. I think those are the three biggest ones that I could think of that weren't back, and they brought back pretty much everybody else. Yeah, like there was a lot of fun cameos in there mm-hmm. and stuff. Just trying to get everybody in there. I think. Yeah. And again, it's kind of putting a button on, you know, 22 stories exactly. here. Exactly. You, know, uh, so. you know, when the heroes come back and we get the on the left from from Sam Wilson. Yeah. That was an awesome scene. <laughs> and then, i got to mention this one. So, Cap, they're, they're going back in time. they got to get the, they got to get one of the gems back. We go back to the elevator scene. All oh, yeah. The Winter Soldier. So, nice. Cap's standing in the middle, and he leans over to uh, uh, Sitwell. Is it Sitwell? Jas- Jas- Jasper uh, Sitwell? I think, I think yeah. so. It's hard and, to remember. And he whispers, yeah. Hail Hydra. Oh, man. <laughs> and it's like, people were complaining <laughs> about that. But what? I, I, oh, that's that was just so Dude, good. I would do that. Yes, that <laughs> you know was I mean? such if you a good could scene. Just get through that. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah, that was such a good scene. So, uh, so there's lots of throwbacks to the comics, lots of throwbacks to the other movies. Yeah. Just, uh, I mean, it, it really did kind of cap, like you've been saying. Cap yeah, off and like and like I didn't, movies. I didn't realize Robert Redford was going to be in there. No, that was you a know big surprise. I, mean, I, I mm-hmm. thought for sure, oh, he won't come back. I've yeah. never even thought about him coming back mm-hmm. to these movies yeah now and you know now loki was dead but of course now loki's gonna be alive again right <laughs> so you know it's that's you know he's gonna be able to come back for his tv show and uh um so some they they actually kind of built in a way to bring some of these characters back yeah. if they need to at some point in the future so um you know I, do you think i had somebody mention this to me do you think that the hulk is permanently crippled I heard someone mention that online, like the directors really? or somebody okay. said that, yeah, and I thought that was really weird. Yeah. I feel like Hulk's always been able to kind of heal himself mm-hmm. pretty well. My, um, my response to that was, well, it was the Infinity Gauntlet, you know, so it's a bigger, bigger scale, but... I can't imagine 
he's got a cast in the next movie. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> I mean, maybe they do, but it's just like, to what end? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, it's there's no point in having Hulk movies if he's an injured Hulk. Yeah, you know, for sure. Moving forward. So. Yeah, it's not, he's not the wheelchair-bound brainiac. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like, he's he turns big, big and green and breaks things. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, so... Um, let's see. I already complained about Thor, didn't I? I don't know yeah, yeah. anymore about that. So, okay, good. Uh, <laughs> Though the Rene Russo scenes were really good. Yeah. So I did, I did, I did like her coming back. I mean, I mean, literally other than those three characters, Vision, Sif and Coulson, there's not yeah. anybody that I could think of that was major in any of the other previous movies that, you know, a hero wise that we didn't see, yeah, you know, I come back. Really I mean, they, they really brought them all back, you know? So, um, Oh, so again, at the end, we have the funeral scene mm-hmm. for Tony Stark. Right. So there was somebody in the crowd I didn't recognize. Mm-hmm. Had to look Same it up. Way. Yeah. So it's not like a lot of people had this. So that is the kid from Iron Man 3 is what they're confirming, right? Yeah. yeah. This and is the kid he teams up with mm-hmm. in so Iron Man 3. He was think, at the funeral. I guess they're, they're, are they setting him up to be the next Iron Man? I feel like they're kind of doing that with Spider-Man. Really? Okay. Yeah. Like, I don't think he'll be Iron Man. I think he'll continue to be Spider-Man, but I think he will fill that. You think Spot. so? I think he'll be the tech guy. See, I think Sherry will, will be the tech person moving forward. Oh, they kind of established be. that in, in Infinity War because yeah. she was the one that figured out how to get the gem out of you know Vision. Right. And, none, and Banner yeah, and Tony true. Stark couldn't do it. So I don't know that they won't use him. I had kind of thought that they would use this as a reason to bring Rory Williams in. Right. You know, and because and obviously, okay, let's if we want to nitpick about something, mm. you know, we had we have the definite, you know diversity scene right in this movie where all the female heroes oh yeah, you know, yeah. And, and and that's fine it was right. it, it felt a little forced but you know and they yeah. were obviously doing it for to to get people to comment on that right um so i thought it was i thought that scene was a little forced but still it's cool to see all of them together, right yeah you know um, and maybe more of them should get movies. Maybe. Maybe you we know. just don't need Captain Marvel. No. Maybe Black Widow needs a movie. Maybe some of these well, Black Widow's getting one. I don't but, know. But, you know, I wouldn't mind yeah. seeing a rescue movie. Yeah. I wouldn't mind seeing a, you know, well, a, well you kind of got a Wasp movie. I mean, really, she kind of right. was the lead, I thought, in Ant-Man and Wasp. Um, and then, of course, Shuri was in that scene, and uh, uh, Valkyrie was in that scene. And who am I leaving out? Oh, man. Someone's yelling at us right yeah, now. Oh, yeah. Because they're listening. So, uh-huh. but, oh, well, man. I mean, they're probably they're yeah. probably with some others. But, well, yeah. And Captain Marvel was there, too. Yeah. yeah. So I think you mentioned her already. So Maybe they'll do an A-Force. Yeah. I, well, I guess so. <laughs> and maybe that's what, the, maybe that's what yeah. they're going to move towards. So. Yeah. But I don't, I don't, like, I don't see Gwyneth Paltrow wanting to do a, yeah, do a movie. Imagine. You know, I mean, who knows? Maybe I'm wrong. I guess, you know, money talks, yeah. right? <laughs> but, uh, but, yeah. But overall, I was just, uh, yeah. Yeah. It was a really, really nice, you know, cap to phase three, you know, oh, of the, sure. the storyline. So, and, you know, I'm, and I was sitting there talking to somebody, it's like, what do we have next? Like, we don't really know a whole lot moving forward. We know we've right. got Black Panther 2, Captain Marvel 2, we got a Doctor Strange 2 coming. Yeah. Um, uh, we have a, well, we assume we're going to get a Fantastic Four at some point. Oh, man. You know, that's. I mean, why would they go through all that trouble? Right. Not, not and that, that was before. that was the thing I was really hoping for at the end mm-hmm. of this movie. I was really hoping for yeah. some kind of post-credit yeah. set, setting up something with that, yeah. or and, the X Men, or something. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And I guess that's something worth mentioning. This is the first one that didn't technically have a credit scene. Yeah. No after you know, credits. No on after this. credits on this one. Now we did get the the sound. Mm-hmm. You know, at the end, and I actually, <laughs> I actually had somebody sitting beside me in the theater commented that. 
oh, maybe it's, you know, Rory Williams building her oh, armor. Yeah. But it's going back to the actual, right. you know, Robert Downey Jr. in the first Iron Man movie, the sound whenever he's putting together the armor in, in Iron Man 1. So it's just kind of a throwback to that. Um, I'm, looking, I'm looking at my notes right now. I see if there's anything else that I wanted to say about it. So, um, but yeah, I guess, you know, my, my complaints were still Thor, you know, Ruffalo, mm-hmm. and then expected a little bit bigger impact for, you know, in loss of life right. for some of the heroes. So uh, I guess maybe they just didn't want to have, you know, anybody big who dies they've got to give them a big scene you right know? yeah and they how many how much you know how many big scenes can you have unless without making that movie four hours long right. instead of three hours yeah long. that's the thing yeah um, and that's the thing too when i was in the theater it didn't you know you had all kinds of trailers and previews mm-hmm. and stuff too beforehand it but it yeah. still didn't feel like three hours to me no no when i was sitting there I, um, when i saw it the second time the the act one felt like it dragged on a little bit longer did it? yeah um but I didn't. I didn't notice that the first time I watched it, but the second time I watched it, it was like, okay, let's let's get moving. It felt a little slower, mm-hmm. but uh, <laughs> and then I don't know how many people were sobbing uncontrollably whenever you watched it the first time. There was when I watched it the first time, there was a girl who was sobbing really? hysterically during the Iron Man death scene. It really? Was, yes, it was. It was crazy. <laughs> well, I mean, it just it just shows that these movies yeah. are connecting with mm-hmm. people. You yeah. know? Oh. We didn't talk about Stan Lee cameo. Oh, yeah. So um, is this the last? Have they confirmed? I, I, that's what I've heard is this is yeah. the last Stan Lee cameo. So we get back in the 70s and he's, right. you know, they de-aged him as well. Right. Was that, um, I guess, well, I guess it couldn't have been because because uh, his wife would have passed before they would have filmed that. Probably. It would have, it would have been great if they could have filmed Yo, two of sure. them. Oh, yeah. And, I don't know. And I didn't look at I didn't look at the passenger in the car. Yeah, it's such, it's such a quick thing, yeah. too. And that's, it's like one of his shortest cameos, Probably. too. Well, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. Uh, again, I can't imagine they don't do Easter egg things with him moving forward like they do on the mm-hmm. Marvel Netflix shows right. where he's just like a photo on a wall mm-hmm. or something like that, maybe. Yeah. Maybe make it a more of a game of like, where's Stan Lee in the movies? Mm-hmm. You know, I can't imagine they don't do something like that. First episode of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., they had a thank you, Stan, you know, uh, you know, there at the very beginning of the first episode. Yeah. So, yeah. So it's, I mean, we'll still see something for Stan. Um, I would like for them, moving forward, if they're just going to digitally do stuff and not be filming it, to also do a little Jack in there as well. That would be the way but, to go, yeah. you would think. Because, <laughs> um, yeah, you know, a lot of these characters are probably more Jack Kirby than they are Stan Right. Lee, so... But anyway, yeah, that's a, that's for another <laughs> that's a whole, discussion for another. That's a time. whole other podcast. <laughs> uh, we got another Infinity Gauntlet in this movie, you know, with Iron Man's mm-hmm. suit. Uh, yeah, more merchandise. For oh yeah, and they've and they've announced them. They are showing like I think Hot Toys is making one, and mm-hmm. then Hasbro's making one to kind of complement their Infinity Gauntlet they make yeah. that we have on display here at the store. Mm-hmm. Uh, and again, it's for the right hand, and you yeah. know that's intentional too, so they can make more merchandise. Yes, one in so each you, hand. Yeah, so, you yep. can have them both. I'll definitely be buying the Hasbro when it comes out. The others are probably going to be too pricey for me. Yeah. I guess they could do even but, a yeah. third one if they wanted to do the Hulk version as well. Right. So, yeah. Because it would be much larger. I tell you what, that was, that was the one thing I really wanted from Infinity War that we didn't get when Ruffalo was wearing the Hulkbuster armor. Mm-hmm. I kept expecting him to change while he was wearing the armor and maybe kind of bust it up a little bit, but mm-hmm. have like chunks of it on him. And I thought, oh, <laughs> They'll do it in Endgame. Yeah, yeah, never got it. Nope, nope. So, yeah, yeah. I guess we didn't. We never got it. Well, I mean, other than him talking, we never got an explanation of the shift. He just, you know, right. He was in the armor, and then five years later, he's Professor Hulk. So. Yeah, exactly. 
I don't know. I, I think that's everything I had to say about it. You know, hooraying Captain America and the job that they did with, you know, wrapping up his story. Right, so. yeah. So, like, after I watched the movie, I'm like, oh, I kind of want to watch them all again now. <laughs> and I'm thinking, like, I kind of want to do them in chronological where they take place. Yeah. Because I feel like you start with Captain America, the first Avenger, uh-huh. and end with this. It's a really good arc uh-huh. for Steve. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I feel like, and then I think, so the second movie would be Captain Marvel, mm-hmm. right? Yep. Then I think if you watch all these movies, you forget about her. Yes. You know, <laughs> until she shows back <laughs> up. Like up. Yep. And I think that'd be a really cool way to kind of play that. So I feel like that's the way I'll watch these movies when I go back to them now. <laughs> uh, any of them you'll skip? You just gonna watch them all? No, I probably watch them all. I like I like most of them. Like people always rag on Iron Man too. I really like Iron Man too. I like them all you know? well enough to watch them. Again. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, there's none of them that I dislike so much that I, that I wouldn't watch. Again. I mean, I'm not saying there wouldn't be a few that might be a slog to get through again, but I'll you know I like them all just, well enough. They're just bag and board comics while you're right. Exactly. Oh, now. I need to. <laughs> yeah. Alright, well... So, rating? Grading it? Yeah, I gave it like a very fine plus, yeah. you know, so it's, you know, there are still better Marvel movies for me, but this mm. this just really, was just a really nice ending to the yeah. Phase 3 for me, so... Yeah, I'm, again, you know, I'm going with Near Mint on this one. I feel like it's it's so easy they could have dropped the ball on this. Yeah. You know, and it feels like that's kind of been their M.O. Mm-hmm. throughout. Like, you're making an Iron Man movie? Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> They knock it out of the park. Guardians of the Galaxy? Are you yeah. kidding me? We're getting a Guardians of the Galaxy movie? Terrific. I never questioned it you until know? the Guardians of the Galaxy movie. I was yeah. like, really? Guardians of the Galaxy? That's yeah. that's where we're going? And, and then like when Ant-Man came around, I was like, well, if they can do Guardians of the Galaxy, they can do Ant-Man. Yeah, after Guardians, so, I kind of quit yeah. questioning it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like yep. They figured that formula out. They've got it. Yep. You know, here we are now. Um, <laughs> again, I feel like it's a, it's a nice way to kind of wrap up their movies, even though it, you know, and a lot of people have asked me this too, is this the last Marvel movie? Oh, gosh, no. It's like, no, of course it's not, but that's kind of how they've been playing it up, and there's yeah. not a lot of hype about the other movies except Spider-Man, which comes out in like two months. Yeah. You know, so they kind of have to get the hype rolling on that. Well, that's more too, because they don't, I mean, you know, if, if, you're, if you're like us, we already know there's going to be another Black Panther movie. Right. So it's like, it was not a shock. You know, when I saw Infinity War and Black Panther disappears, people literally gasp. Right. You know, and it's like he's he's got another movie coming. You know, he's he's For coming sure. back. You know, it's not it's not a, not a big I will, deal. I will say though too, the black kids sitting next to me in the theater were cheered when he showed back up. Well, they everybody were super was cheering. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everybody was cheering whenever he showed back yeah. up. Yeah. So when everybody showed back up, everybody was cheering. So. Yeah. Oh, okay. If we want to if we want to nitpick something here, um, should Sam have gotten the shield or should have went to Bucky? Oh man. That's that's a that's a tough one. I don't feel I don't feel qualified to answer that. Uh, yeah, because they both had it yes. recently in the comics. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, and in the comics, the order was Bucky, yeah, then, Bucky yeah. then Sam. Had Sam ever done anything like that before? What do you mean? Like previous before this sort of current recent iteration, like back in the seventies or anything, like when he was teaming up with Cat back in the day. Would I would he have comboed? I don't I don't recall yeah. anything, but I'm I'm sure at some point in one issue did did was Sam holding the shield at some well, point? Yeah, Absol- but I, I absolutely but did he, I don't remember him ever kinda of taking over though for no, a while. Not until not until, you know, you know, after well Cap came back and was too old. Yeah. You know, and Bucky kinda of, well I guess after Bucky, quote unquote, died at the end of. Um, uh, was this, did he die at the end of? Let's see. In Secret Empire or before mm-hmm. that? It was he died before Secret Empire, but it actually it wasn't even. God, 
gosh. It's hard to keep all this straight. I know. I can't remember what event it was. Comic continuity, folks. Yeah. He got his he got his arm ripped off, and but he, they thought he was dead. But he was basically there was a one there was a dot one issue where he's immediately revived. So it was like they didn't even like you know delay that Jeez. coming back you know any time yeah. at all. Um, what storyline was that? That's terrible. Oh well, it's not. It's well, not yeah, you can look it up. Google. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's what Google's for. So I kind of would have liked to. Um, I kind of would have liked to have seen Bucky have it first, um, but you know, just because that's what happened in the comics first. Right. Um, okay. Did Bucky know what Cap was doing whenever he went back? That that's another good question. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. And oh man, the way they set that up, I'm like, he's not coming back. Yeah, no. no. <laughs> they just played that up. Wait, they spent too much time on that. Like mm-hmm. he's gonna be right back. It's like, yep. nope, nope, he's not. He's not gonna back. be. Well, you saw he what Bucky said to him was different than what Sam and the Hulk said to him. You know, because Bucky told him goodbye. Oh yeah, that's Remember? right. I mean, yeah, so his his. So he probably did know that. So you know, and then of course you could get into the whole argument about how time travel works in the Marvel Cinematic versus how it works. And I don't want to. go Yeah, there. let's not. <laughs> no, let's don't. Because that there. brings up some other issues people mm-hmm. have been complaining about online yeah. that I don't want to get into. No. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. I, I set aside the whole. I'm just accepting the time travel as they presented it. And, yeah. And I'm just going to move on from that. So. Right. <laughs> But yeah, no, I thought it was really well done. Uh, again, surprising there wasn't some sort of after credit. They've made it such a staple of these movies and have trained the audience to stay and watch this yeah. stuff. Um, I mean, I can, I can, I can understand why they didn't for this. But again, it, it, it just seems like a spot for mm-hmm. some kind of for phase something to show what's coming in phase four is what should have happened. There should yeah. have been something. Because, you know, at the end of Phase 2, at the last Phase 2 movie, they still had an after credit scene. At the right. end of Phase 1 movies, they still had an after credit right. scene. So they should have given us a hint of what was coming in Phase 4. Yeah, and I think just the other thing with that is that Joe Blow, at this point, knows there's an after credit to stick yeah. around for. Well, I and still see just people play walking in, out. Yeah, <laughs> and just, but just play into, oh, well, this is it then. Mm-hmm. You know, people think they're not setting up something else. This must be the end, yeah. you know. <laughs> So, and of course we know it's not, but, you know, it's not the best publicity for your movie, I guess. So maybe could be excited whenever they say, oh, there is another Marvel movie or there is another Black Panther movie. Good times though. So Uh, yeah, I'm, you know, I saw it twice in the theater. Again, how is Endgame the title of spoiler? (laughs) <laughs> yeah, okay. They, could, yeah. they couldn't say the name for so long, oh. and that's the name. And yeah. I think we addressed this on an earlier episode, but mm-hmm. it's just like, this is what you're building towards. That's why it's an end game. It's not a spoiler. And they even said end game in Infinity War. So it's yeah. Like, of, course, of course, that was also cover of a Batman issue as well. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> there, was a, there was a Batman story called Endgame. Yep. Not too, not too long ago. It was in the New 52. Yeah, yeah with Scott Snyder. Mm-hmm. So, so. Yeah, oh well. But no, still, very, very good. So, yeah, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Good times. Yep. So, is that all we've got for Endgame? I think Endgame. that's it for Endgame. So, Detective? Detective 1000. Detective 1000. How many months behind are we on this one? What issue's out now? 1003, but 1, I think it's bi-weekly again. Yeah. So, we're not that bad. It's not as bad as it looks on the stands. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, the story sense has been really good, though, too. Oh, has, I, haven't been, no. I haven't been reading Detective. Yeah. So, I just... Which I think I would be upset if I had been reading Detective all along, picking up this issue, because this is just a whole bunch of, you know, eight-page stories crammed into a single book. 
how many of these stories are actually carrying anything moving forward. Since right. you're reading it, I, I don't know. I'm asking you. Uh, I Probably not as much as it should be. Mm-hmm. Uh, I will say that uh, Pete Tomasi has been... They were doing a story uh, leading up to this that ended in 999, which I feel like really should have ended in 1000. Right. I feel like maybe that was the plan, but they changed to what we got here, and I think we'll talk about that a little later here. Yeah, because he gets the last story yeah, in the book. Yeah. And, so. and the, that story that they were doing previously really would have been a good story for this anniversary mm-hmm. issue. Um, but again, it's like, we, you know, we got what we got. Uh, so, yeah, again, spoilers for this if you haven't read it uh, at this point. But, yeah, so this is, you know, this year's Batman's 80th anniversary. Right. Due to some publishing shenanigans, <laughs> we're getting issue 1000 this year. Uh, just, you know, sort of accelerated timelines, mm-hmm. you know, as far as deadlines and things that they've had over the years. We got Action 1000 last year. Right. Uh, and Marvel's uh, joining in. They've got like a Marvel oh 1000. We'll talk boy. about that in the next preview. Yeah. I'll have some things so, to say about that. Yeah. <laughs> so, again, you know, start off with the cover. You know the standards. It's, it's white, perfectly white. <laughs> right. I'm, that's, the, that's I'm on the blank. <laughs> a lot, a lot of variants for this one. We yes. still have quite a few of them here at the store too. If you're looking for any of the sort of standard variants, mm-hmm. not the store exclusives. Yeah, I got the blank. Got the Jim Lee. That's like the midnight release one with the yeah the, with side, the sideways, sideways Jim Lee. One. I see the Frank Miller yeah. up there and the Jock um, and Greg Capullo mm-hmm. and T- Tim Sale, Bernie Wrightson, Jim Stranko. Michael chose fifty one, which I love. Mm-hmm. And uh, Steve Rude's the 40s, 40s, I think. Yeah. Yeah. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Are you like, actually, like, isn't that all of them? Isn't that no, all of them? We, don't, we don't have the Bruce Tim one in okay. stock any longer. Okay. People right. kind of snatch that one up. All right. Uh, again, it's a great cover. So, yes. But yeah, pretty much all these are really good. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so. Jim, Jim Lee's kind of standard cover, though, has got uh, everybody kind of hanging out in the Batcave, taking mm-hmm. on, take, having defeated a bunch of Batman villains. My thing with this, just the cover is, where's Batgirl? Because <laughs> we've got Nightwing, Alfred, Batman, Catwoman, Robin, you know, Damian Wayne Robin. I feel like Batgirl should be in here uh, somewhere, and she's not. Maybe she's taking the photo that we're seeing on the go. cover. She took the picture. <laughs> So, yeah, so it starts off, we've got the first story, uh, Batman's Longest Case by Scott Snyder and Greg Capullo. Uh, just for me, and I think, did we talk about this previously? We, we, might, we might have just been talking in the store about well, this. we were talking about, with an episode in the last previews, with Event Leviathan, where they had uh, all right, the different they, they, detectives, detectives on the covers. And th- what we were saying is, they should have incorporated this into that event. Because right. you had detectives there with, like, what, question and... Um, was Plastic Man on the event Leviathan I think one? so, but I think there is a little bit of crossover here. But yeah, this story establishes a new sort of detectives club. And this mm-hmm. is something they've done in Batman periodically over the years. And so I felt like, oh, this is just setting up like a new version of that. Yeah. But again, with event Leviathan, we have a different group. So I feel like this probably isn't going anywhere. Yeah. And it just seems like kind of a weird thing to do so close to each other. Exactly, yeah. They should have, they should have, because they, they could have easily changed who was in this picture. For sure. You know. Or added one more character to the event Leviathan yeah. story. Um, just on a personal note, the uh, so Scott Snyder and Greg Capullo have been working together since New Fifty Two, mm-hmm. and or before that, <laughs> yeah. But 
we have a more classic version of Batman here. The sort of mm-hmm. blue and gray, not the black that Capullo's been drawing. So it just looks a little weird to me. Oh, okay. And I feel like, why not just do your version? But, you know, again, <laughs> it's the 80th anniversary. Maybe he just they just want a more classic-looking costume here. Mm-hmm. But it just it looks, it looks... I keep looking at this thinking it looks wrong. And it's not wrong. It's just a mm-hmm. choice they made for this story. Yeah, I, that's not something that jumped out at me at all. But yeah. The only Batman See, the thing, I'm just, reading is, is Batman, just the main book. Right. So. But I'm just kind of used to the sort of streamlined mm-hmm. silhouette that Capullo does with his Batman. Uh, so next up, we've got the, uh, let's see the Legend of Newt Brody. No, wait, I skipped. No, no manufacturer, manufacturer reuse okay, is the yes. Kevin Smith story, and this kind of sets up something that we first learned about in Dark Knight Returns mm-hmm. back in the day. Uh, you have this uh, matches Malone, which is. Batman's criminal identity, identity, right? His alter ego. Yeah, uh, going to sort of a black market uh, store here, looking for. Uh, looks like they kind of trade in like supervillain props and things from notorious mm-hmm. crime scenes around Gotham. And throughout the story, we're seeing uh, Batman being attacked by several different villains. And I didn't pick up on this till the end, but every shot of the fight has Batman being targeted in his chest on his symbol. Okay. And again, yeah. that's kind of what the whole point is. Oh, the symbol. Is, yeah, I hadn't noticed that. Okay. Yeah, I didn't notice it until I went back. But um, <laughs> they're establishing the metal plate that is revealed in Dark Knight Returns okay. that Batman has under his symbol. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's a target. Right. I want people to aim here because I can't armor my entire body, right. even though they've done many times since. Yes. But they're saying here that that piece yes. is the gun from the Wayne murder mm-hmm. that he acquired, melted down, and made it into this plate, which now protects him. Say, say what you want about Kevin Smith as a writer. He always is able to find some heartstring pull yeah, out of the for thing sure. that he does. And this is probably my favorite story in Detective 1000. Okay. So, yeah, it's, I, it, I, I really enjoyed this story, but, yeah, it was just now we get the origin of what piece of metal is actually right. protecting Batman's yeah. heart. Again, so, did uh, we need that story? Probably not, yeah. but it's kind of a cool yes, Easter egg it thing. Is, it kind of add, it adds to it some. Yeah. And, again, another just real kind of blue and gray classic-looking Batman. Mm-hmm. And so with uh, a Matches Malone story, the next one is The Legend of Newt Brody, yes. which uh, is a henchman that, you know, spoilers, turns out to be a henchman identity for the Batman yes, family that yes. they pass around. Yes, they all are, they all take turns playing Newt Brody. Yeah, and sort of <laughs> stumble their way into foiling villains' plans. Mm-hmm. And again, this is a cool idea. They haven't really done this before. I hope they do this. I hope somebody uses Newt Brody in the future, <laughs> you know. Like, you see Matches Malone periodically every now and then. They'll just kind of bring him up and you know what the deal is. So I really hope this isn't the only appearance of Newt Brody that we get. Because then when you see him again, it's like, well, okay, which person is it actually being yeah, Newt Brody exactly. this time? <laughs> and you could definitely play around with that and do some fun stuff. Um, so next one, Batman's Design. Yeah, and so this is Warren Ellis and Blecky, <laughs> Becky Cloonan. <laughs> Blecky Cloonan. Uh, but uh, yeah, so just sort of Batman taking on some thugs, kind of a mm-hmm. violent story. Right. Um now this was this is one and we kind of talked about this after the show last time it's just like i i feel like i'm missing the punchline on this one so you know here you know warren ellis is i generally regard as a pretty good writer so we've got again you know violent story he's bringing he's bringing these i don't know thugs henchmen whatever into an environment that he's set up a bunch of traps for various you know and he kind of can control the situation so here at the very end of this story, where he's basically going one on one against, I guess, the leader of this group, 
Um, and you know, he just basically talks the guy down at the end. Yeah. It's like, is, is that what you want for yourself? The guy says no when he gives up this detonator. And it's just like, I, I feel like there's something I'm missing to this story. I just, I didn't, I feel like I missed the punchline. Well, I think, where is it here? Okay, so he, Batman's talking the guy down. The guy's wearing like a suicide vest. Yes, yeah. Batman talks him down, says, I'm already dead. Look at me. I'm trapped in this place. And all I do is haunt the living. Is that what you want for yourself? <laughs> And this guy's like, no, I don't want that life yeah. <laughs> that Batman leads. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think it's just Batman's a badass. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think that's what it comes down to. So I, I don't. Know, I just, I just feel like I missed something. But it's a good story. Yeah. But I, just, I feel like there's more. There's some subtext that I'm just not quite getting. And and it may just be as simple as what you're saying. But I feel like there yeah. was something more to it. And I just wasn't smart enough to figure it out. I mean, if there is, I'm missing it okay, too. Right. So <laughs> don't be too hard on yourself there. And if you, if you know, uh, let us know. Yeah, there Hit you go. Hit us up on Facebook or Twitter and come into the store and chew us out. There you go. So you know, you it's, it's obviously it is. Look here, dummies. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so after that, we've got Return to Crime Alley by Danny O'Neill with uh, Steve Upting. And this is a sequel to uh, da, 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 Appointment in Crime Alley, I believe. Which Don't is know. an old uh, detective story by Danny O'Neill. Okay. Uh, from back in the day and uh so this is leslie tompkins and if you're like this doesn't look like leslie tompkins this is the 70s old lady version of leslie tompkins this is sort of the original version of the character here and again we go from a very violent story to a story where she's sort of condemning batman for the violence Mm -hmm. that he you know kind of lives with and how he deals with these you know thugs in the street you know these random kind of kids gone astray um and I think it's a good story. It's good to see Danny O'Neill in here. Mm-hmm. Uh, such a big part of Batman. And uh, he's turning 80 this year, too. Oh, wow. So <laughs> another cool reason to kind of have him in this issue. Uh, after that, we have a story called Blame. Blame. Mm-hmm. And uh, John, is it written to? But uh, Neil Adams did, the, did art. the art. Yeah, Christopher Priest was the writer. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think it's interesting that we have Danny O'Neill and Neil Adams in this book right next to each other. And they did not work together, yeah, folks. Now. And uh, they just announced today there's a Neil Adams Batman vs. Ra's al Ghul miniseries coming out that Neil Adams is writing and drawing. Well, that will be terrible. Yeah, I know. (laughs) Just uh, suck it up and work together. No, no kidding. So, so yeah, so after the last story of Batman kind of being chastised for his violence, we have a story here where Batman is dealing with uh, sort of defectors from the League of Assassins and sort of the consequences he deals with with that. And then telling them that, like, I will help these people that want to leave. I don't care. You know what I mean? Even mm-hmm. if it puts them at odds with the League. Uh, again, sort of doing things a little differently, maybe, for Batman. But it could definitely lead to some cool stories if they do anything with this. Yeah. You know. Uh, after that, we have I Know by Brian Michael Bendis and Alex Mayleave. Mm-hmm. Um, I love this paired when they work together. Yeah, and this is a really good story. And this is more like what I thought we were going to get from Brian Michael Bendis when he came to D.C. Mm-hmm. I think this is kind of what everybody was thinking. Uh, <laughs> but we just have like a elderly Bruce Wayne and Oswald Cobblepot <laughs> at sort of a rest home in their advanced <laughs> age. Yep. And uh, Penguin coming up to Bruce Wayne and telling him that I know. I, I've known for years who you were. You know, I figured it out years ago, yep. but, you know, I never acted on it because what would, what would be the fallout? <laughs> and he's like, I knew, I, you know, have that up on you. And Bruce Wayne electrocutes him with his <laughs> chair, Cause, cause his wheelchair. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, I knew you knew, in the same way I knew what a coward you were. <laughs> saying that's why he never acted on it. But again, even in his old age, Bruce Wayne could still throw down. Mm-hmm. 
course, that does kind of go against what's going on with uh, Tom King, where he's going to be Alzheimer's, you know, before this point in his life. So, right. A little continuity there for yeah. anybody who's... So they'll figure it yeah, out. Yeah, they'll work it out in some reboot at some point. So. Uh, <laughs> next, we've got Last Crime in Gotham. We've got uh, Jeff Johns here with Kelly Jones. I'm really glad that Kelly Jones was able to do something in this issue. Mm-hmm. I love his Batman work. Uh, this is probably a more optimistic sort of story. It's still some gruesome, scary stuff in here, but a little more colorful than we usually get with Kelly Jones' Batman work. Uh, we've got like a whole Batman family here. We've got Robin, Catwoman, a new daughter, and uh, a more crypto, the super dog cartoon version of Ace <laughs> with the sort of utility belt collar than we usually get with when we have Ace in a story. And uh, setting up a Son of Joker story. And again, some, they've done that back to the Silver Age and things like that. Mm-hmm. With sort of the hit, you know legacy of these characters and how that plays out. And then again, we at the end we realize that this whole story is the wish Bruce makes when he blows out the candle on his birthday cake. <laughs> that, you know, this is sort of like best case scenario for his how his life turns out. Uh, the precedent uh, next. James Tenney and the fourth writer and uh, Alvaro Martin. Martinez Bueno. bueno. <laughs> Pencils. I didn't really have any comments on that one myself. I don't know. Well, I think it's a decent, you know, kind of Robin story. It's just sort of Alfred and Bruce talking about, like, what does this mean if you bring a child into your war here? And again, it's something to talk about because it's a weird thing that Batman has done, you know, for decades. Um, and again, it kind of ends with a uh, splash page of sort of a classic Batman and Robin and then setting up this sort of oath image from Robin's origin story. Uh, after that, we have Batman's Greatest Case. Mm-hmm. And that is Tom King, Tom King Tom and Tony King. Daniel and Joel Jones. Mm-hmm. Uh, they kind of split up the credits here, yeah. trying to be a movie or something, so I have to look around a little bit. Uh, but we see, like, the sort of Batman family mm-hmm. assembling on a rooftop. They're trying to figure out why. Yeah, nobody knows. And uh, Bruce Wayne, you know, Batman shows up eventually, and it turns mm-hmm. out he's there to take a picture, picture with everybody. With everybody. Cheese. Yeah. yeah. I got a two-page spread of, yeah. of the whole Batman family with Batman saying cheese. Of course, right. Uh, only, what, Batgirl's the only one smiling in Ace. <laughs> yeah, pretty year out. I hadn't noticed that, yeah. but they totally are. Aren't they? <laughs> uh, oh, Alfred's smiling a little bit there. So, yeah, it's more of a schmirk right. for him, I would say. I guess, um, is it Signal? Signal might yeah, be. Signal's co- sort of is. But, but again, not a lot of smiles. No, not a whole lot of smiles. But again, it's Batman. And, you know, they didn't know what they were being, <laughs> that it was all there. And it's a lot of work just for a uh, just for a uh, picture. Right. Well, that's what it, that's probably what it would be. You have to make time. Yep. Uh, so after that, we've got some pinups. Uh, we have another two-page spread with a lot of the Batman family by Jason Fabok, which is really good. Mm-hmm. Really like that. And some of his enemies as well. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we've got Amanda Connor and Paul Mounts one. And so then from those, we kind of go into this story with uh, Pete Tomasi and mm-hmm. Doug Monk, which is sort of a, like a what a one-page pinup kind of thing. It's kind of a weird transition from pinups well, in the story to a pinup story. Well, it, this is like my big, one of my big gripes with Batman 50, the Tom King issue mm-hmm. was you had a bunch of pinups right. and then text thrown on top of it. Right. So basically... sort of par f- for the course with DC yeah. with their anniversary issues. They like doing that yeah. stuff. So this is kind of what you get for this. So I assume this is Tomasi writing through all yeah. of this. Yeah, and, and it's, I don't know, this could be interesting, but I kind of feel like it's, in a way, it's kind of silly because, you know, it's basically the punchline is, what happens if you say Batman too fast? 
then instead of being Batman, you get Bad Man. Mm, So this is apparently going to be the new Bad for um, Detective. Yeah, so the last page is a splash Mm -hmm. page, sort of introducing the uh, DC Comics version of the Arkham Knight from the uh, Arkham Knight game. Um, As we're recording this, it has been revealed who this is. It is not Jason Todd, which they were upfront about when they uh, started this. Uh, I'm liking the story so far, uh, but again, it's sort of a petered out ending to Detective 1000. I feel like there's a better way to end it than what they did here. The last story is kind of my least favorite, which is too bad because I really like Pete Tomasi and Doug Mock, and they've had a good run on the book prior to this. Well, I looked at it as, you know, if I was, if I, at least if I was reading Detective through this, I would know that, okay, this is what I have moving forward. So this, this is a story arc in Detective moving forward. You know, so I thought it was like, well, I guess it, to me, I didn't. I know, again, I don't read it. So if it, right. if they had done something great with this character, then then that would have been right. a good ending to this issue. But if they didn't do anything great with it, then yeah. you won't know but until a few issues later. Exactly. So. It's just like here it is. Bye. Yeah. You know, <laughs> we will give you one. You know, one pinup of what he looks like, and uh, a few words with some other pinups to kind of move you to that page. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I, I was pretty. And the thing is, too, they had said that this is not Jason Todd, and my thing is like, okay, so who cares? You know, what What does that mean this character is? How does this work within the context mm-hmm. of DC? You know, with the Arkham Knight game, it's its own continuity. It's its own thing. You know, they mm-hmm. could do that. Uh, it kind of, Arkham Knight kind of took the place of Red Hood in that story. So it's like, what does that mean? But having read the reveal last night, actually, I'm, I'm satisfied with it. I think it's a cool new character they could probably do some stuff with. Uh, we'll see where it goes. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I really liked it otherwise. Um, again, I feel like the issue is really strong. I think I feel like this is better than Action One Thousand. Yes. Uh, I mean, both. Mm-hmm. I think you know. Typically, when DC does these anniversary issues, you get a lot of filler. You get like mm-hmm. maybe just stories they've been sitting on, like ah, throw it in there, you know, kind of thing. But you know, I feel like this is a really strong. I feel, and I there were a lot of interviews and stuff leading up to this, and I feel like everybody kind of knew that they were contributing to something. Mm-hmm you know, important with DC's publishing history. I think they learned from some of the mistakes they made with Action Oh, for sure. <laughs> yeah, I think they did. Uh, again, and it's, it's a $10 price tag for this book, yeah. too, which is pretty steep, you know, even for a 96-page book. Mm-hmm. Uh, but again, that's kind of where we're going with everything. Nothing's getting cheaper. Nope. Uh, that's kind of like my only complaint, you know, really, of the book. Uh, that and some of the uh, crazy variants that are just impossible to get. Yeah. <laughs> you know, because there are some really nice ones out there. But, uh, yeah, overall, you know, I was really satisfied with this. I thought it was a good issue. Uh, anything yeah. more? No, I thought it was pretty good, or? too. Really enjoyed the, you know, the Kevin Smith story. The Tom King story was good, but it was a lot of effort just to get a picture, you know, right. family photo. But but it was still a good story, you know. Yeah. Se- several good standalone stories in this one. Yeah, so. for sure. Uh, again, not a lot of weight as far as continuity, probably. No. But, again, some cool ideas, you know, that hopefully it'll play into something else. Kind of like what, you know, Tom King's Mr. Miracle book was, yeah. you know. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I imagine we'll probably reference the plate a little more now and then, mm-hmm. you know, hopefully we see Newt Brody pop up some yeah. point, you know, I can't imagine people just let that stuff lie, you well, know, some, some until, comic until, is, the, until the next reboot anyway. Yeah, some comic historian will, will go back to it at some yeah. point in the future, so. You know, maybe we'll get an old Penguin story again <laughs> at some point, maybe they'll tie into Last Night on Earth. <laughs> But yeah, so overall, I'd, I'd give it a very fine. Yeah, I'd be like um, a very fine, fi- very fine minus, probably yeah. in that range. So, yep. Good times. Yep. Uh, yeah, better than actual 1000. <laughs> it was much better than the cats. I'd see it over and over again. Right. Yeah. Sorry. 
so that's about it for I think that's this it. time. I think yeah. anything else we want to bring up? No. Nope. Any other uh, controversies we need to address? I don't think so. Yeah. We'll probably. I don't know. We we, were, we talked about uh, reviewing the Watchmen trailer. I've only seen it once. I think I need yeah. to sit down and watch it a little bit more closely before we talk about we'll it. I talk about that more as the show yeah. gets closer and they actually say what it is. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's so nebulous right now what that show is going to be, and I think that trailer really answers the, any question. Know, kind of brings you know. up more questions, mm-hmm. if anything. Even like you know, well, I guess it answers. You know, it's going to be timeline after the events of the Watchmen. Uh, yeah, I would assume series, but other than that, that it still doesn't tell you a whole lot. Yeah. So. So, okay, I think that's it for this episode of the Campus Comics cast. Uh, this is Dan Brown, and uh, we're always here at 816 Sweet B, East Main Street in Carbondale, uh, 618-457-6011, or, you know, you can hit us up on Facebook or Twitter, uh, you know, like and subscribe. Uh, leave a review of the podcast. We'd really appreciate it. I mean, yes, it helps the podcast, but it helps us. You know, we're kind of working in a vacuum here with this stuff. I know there's people listening, but yeah, let's let us know what you think. You know, we definitely need you know mm-hmm. to grow, and that only helps. Be sure to subscribe, um, even if you download it directly. Be sure that you subscribe to it. You know, we we're. In, it's, it's kind of hard to tell. I think I kind of made a mistake whenever I put it basically on every single podcast feed that you could you could add it to. So now oh, it's yeah. like it's so spread out between oh, all yeah. the different things that you're not getting enough in any one of them to really, really right. bump it up. You know, I think if it were all in one, that it'd be a little bit more obvious to numbers and such. Right. But, uh, but uh, yeah, please subscribe and, and uh, you know, leave it a review. But, yeah, as Dan said, you know, leave a comment on the Campus Comics Facebook page about uh, – a question you'd like us to answer or just yeah, general you, thoughts. Yeah, or, if you have any topics you want us to address, mm-hmm. maybe there's a book you know you want us to review or something, let us know. Yep. You know, we don't always think of every obvious thing that we should. <laughs> uh, yeah, so do that. Yes. And uh, again, just to sort of address, there's a lot of stuff going on at the store right now. There might be sporadic hours. Mm-hmm. We try to keep that posted on Facebook and Twitter, you know, so follow us there. Uh, and again, of course, you can always call for you come in That's or whatever, exactly, yeah. you know, so that never hurts. That's fine. Uh, so you just kind of bear with us for a little while now while we're going through all that. And uh, I think next episode we'll probably be looking at the next preview next issues. Previews, yeah. So that'll be that. So you can look forward to that. I'm going through the previous catalog. And I'm Dan Brown. I'm, I'm online at, at Detective651. And Scott Reed. You can find me at BergComics.com, B-U-R-G-Comics.com. And um, I just recently purchased a pretty good size collection with some golden age on up to modern books lots of variants uh some keys like avengers 57 you know first uh, vision and the green lantern 76 and cool. and uh, the hulk 180 and a strange tales 110 so i'll be you know putting up stuff about those books on my facebook page and uh, at conventions then uh, this will be out in time for the metropolis superman celebration uh-huh. so i'll be setting up at the supercon at the superman celebration so you can uh, check me down there um the marv wolfman's going to be at the superman yeah. celebration uh, there were a couple of artists that had some comic book credits but nothing nothing significant um are you know super big um probably not people that you maybe have heard of but uh, check the superman celebration website and you get information about them All right, well, I think that's it for this time. We'll see you next time.
think that's it for this time. We'll see you next time through the voice. <laughs> <laughs>